At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a winning edition of the HHC. Hornets defeat the Chicago Bulls 111-96. to It improves the squad's record to 14-36 and as we've reached the 50 games played mark of this 2022-2023 season. We'll break down the game, give you our picks for stars of the night. Also want to share a special conversation we were able to have with two great drivers from the 2311 racing team as it was 2311 racing crossover night at Spectrum Center last night. Tyler Reddick and Kurt Busch will join us on this edition of the HHC. Helping me on all these topics, he's my producer on the Hornets Radio Network as well as the producer of this fine podcast, Rob Longo, back with us again. And Rob, great win all around for the Hornets, 111-96. to I think the headline is that Charlotte finally gets the preseason projected starting five back together again. It's only the ninth time all season that LaMelo Ball, Gordon Hayward, and Terry Rogier have been in the group together on the floor. That's been a rarity. Now we're at 50 games. It's only happened nine times. But this was a big win, and I think it signifies what they can do as healthy as they are now and God forbid, healthier later on down the road. Well, that's news to me because I thought the biggest thing from last night was twenty three eleven crossover night. Well, it was huge there too. <laughs> but yes, I mean, I look. I, we're going to stick to the Hornets for a moment and say I think Lamelo Terry Gordon combo that's pretty significant. Well, I guess we are a Hornets podcast after all. But yeah, I mean, this team has been riddled with injuries obviously all season long, and just seeing what they were able to accomplish last night. I mean, it's not only the fact that you have your top players available again in the starting lineup, but you're able to have your depth pieces be depth pieces. They don't have to get thrusted into a starting role and the bench is razor thin. I mean, I know the bench didn't play a big factor in things yesterday, but you have guys in those roles that they're accustomed to, that they're used to playing and that sort of thing. So the fact that you had guys like Gordon, Terry, Lamelo is obviously not to have a racing pun, but the fact that he is your engine of the offense. It's always great to get those guys back, and they all produced. And to be honest with you, I mean, there were flashes in there at times where it doesn't look like they have only played together nine times this season heading into the game. It's just one of those things that I know that they did have some time in the preseason to play together, but again, LaMelo got hurt in the preseason. He didn't have a whole lot of time to gel with everybody. I know that he's in year number three, but again, you have to kind of rework everything out from season to season. So those guys playing together looked really good yesterday, and they all just contributed so well. I mean, I don't know what else you can say about it, but you know, even Gordon Hayward going 0-3 from beyond the arc, he still had 17 points. Terry Rozier goes for 28. 
LaMelo Ball shoots abysmally from the floor and he still ends up with a double-double. And Mason Plumlee just continues to do crazy Mason Plumlee things. So all in all, just a great win when you have all of those starters able to contribute. And it's one of those things where you're probably going to look back at the season. It's going to be one of those what-could-have-been situations. But we were at least able to live in the moment last night and get a glimpse of it. And hopefully, knock on one, moving it forward. Maybe we see it for the next 32 games, the final 30-plus games of the season as well. Yeah, there is still time on the schedule for them to, to make use of of good health, something they have not had all season long. You referenced the off-shooting nights for a couple of guys. LaMelo Ball most glaringly, 2 for 15 from the floor, 2 for 11 from beyond the arc. Gordon Hayward, well, he was 0 for 3 from 3, but he was 6 for 7 everywhere else and does end up with 17 points. And uh, you know, Furthermore, when, when you look for big threes, you look for big production. You, you hope that they quite easily hit certain thresholds so that everyone else doesn't have to and the points just kind of pile up on top of each other. And that happened last night. The tree of Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball, and Gordon Hayward combined for 60 points. And that's roughly what you want. You want those guys averaging about 20 a night. You know that some nights one guy is going to race out in front of the others, and others, you know, you're, you're going to have to grind to get to that threshold. But those three combining for 60 points, that's exactly what you want to see. After the game, Mason Plumley, who we'll talk about in a moment, had this to say about having not just those three, but the full preseason projected starting five together again. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, it's um, you know, obviously having having G Mello, just having everybody, it, you know, it's a big lift, and and that's it's not a knock on anybody who was filling in. Like we we have a lot of good players, but um, obviously G's just a different level of of player. So to have him back, um, obviously Mello, we you know he just changes our whole offense. So you know, hopefully we can keep it together down the stretch. That would be a lot of fun. Gordon Hayward also weighed in on having the full group on the floor. Talk to me after the victory for Charlotte on the Hornets Radio Network. Yeah, it feels really good. You know, it's been a struggle all season with injuries for our team, but certainly good to be on the floor together, to be able to come out in front of the home crowd and get a win. Hornets victory takes them to 14-36, and 36, certainly not where we expected the team to be after 50 games, but again, considering that only nine now have been played with LaMelo Ball, Gordon Hayward, and Terry Rozier all available simultaneously, um, that does offer some explanation as to their 14-36 and 36 record at the 50-game mark. It's time to pick our stars of the night. Uh, again, storyline is they were all healthy, but that doesn't mean that those three are the only ones you get to choose from for stars of the night. Rob Longo, Mason Plumley had another big game. Mark Williams was big coming off the bench. Uh, there's a lot of options here. Who do you like as your star for the game? Plenty to pick from, but I got to go with once again the big fella. I feel like I pick him every podcast, every postgame podcast, but Mason Plumley once again is my top performer last night because he had the dagger from about 18 feet away. LaMelo, crossover, trying to get free. 10 on the shot clock, around the Plumley screen again. Lost the handle, it's fumbled. Plumley picks up in the corner. Five on the shot clock, Plumley. Mid-range two. Yes, sir! He can't miss! 19 for Mason Plumley. I mean, at the end of the day, that ends up being what was a 10-point Hornets lead up to a 12-point Hornets lead, but it just kind of felt like if that is going to go in with the shot clock winding down. Mason Plumlee putting up a baseline jumper. Feels like it was just kind of his night, and it certainly was, 21 points. And the biggest thing about it, too, is 16 of those came in the second half. I mean, in general, I thought the Hornets played extremely great basketball there in the second half when they outscored Chicago 64-41. to Because keep in mind, too, Hornets were down by four after the first quarter. They were down by eight going into the locker room, and you're kind of thinking, oh, no, here we go again. But they came out strong in the second half. Like I said, they outscore the Bulls by 23 there in the final 24 minutes. So, you know, just great stuff all around from the team. And 
Mason Plumlee, though, perfect from the field. Nine for nine, seven for seven in that second half as well. His only miss came at the free throw line, which, again, knowing the history of Mason Plumlee might be kind of reasonable to think or at least believe, but he still goes three for four from the charity stripe, and he finishes with 12 rebounds and four assists. And the way that the team won this game last night, Sam, and I don't think we talked about this enough, is just the way that the shooting was not great. The things that they usually do were not there. The three-point shooting was not very good. They were 7 of 32. You know, they were 5 of 13 after the first quarter. They didn't hit a three until the fourth quarter. Lamelo, of course, hit a big three there to kind of extend the lead from four to seven. But at the end of the day, too, they only had a handful of offensive rebounds as well, and that's really been a big thing for this Hornets team is second-chance points, and they only finished with eight last night. So they shot well from the field. They were able to execute in the paint. They still had their points in the paint that they usually average, but Mason Plumlee, of course, is my top performer, but just a really, really good team win overall. It, it was, uh, but I, I'm I'm with you on Mason Plumlee being star of the night. You know, 21 points, that's six straight games now, a career best streak of contests with 15 or more points in that stretch for Charlotte. He's basically averaging 20 and 10, roughly, and most importantly, Charlotte's three and three in that stretch. So, you know, health of the team overall, that, that, that's important. I think that is the headline, but Mason Plumley on a team that is 20 games roughly below 500 over a six game sample size playing this well and it's resulting in wins. I think that is certainly significant. My pick for star of the night, I'm going to go with the game's leading scorer, Terry Rozier. 20 for Terry. And he's got another steal. Takes the pass. Let's fly. Terry for the lay in. It's good. <laughs> Three left-handed layups in a row. Three possessions. Let's go, T-Row. It was a long day for T-Row. He wasn't feeling that great in the morning after shoot-around. He was actually ended up on the injury report as probable still, but they, they listed the illness. They gave themselves some wiggle room in case he didn't start to feel better or, or maybe felt worse later in the day. Played certainly just fine, 28 points. And while the team did have other explosive performances, Mason Plumlee, 21, Gordon Hayward, 17, 15 eventually from LaMelo. Terry Rozier was the only guy who was consistently on start to finish. 14 points first half, 14 points in the second half. He was really, really big for the team and it was more than just his offense. Here's what head coach Steve Clifford had to say about Terry's performance on Thursday. But I thought the guy that that more um, turned the game around was Terry with his defense. He had the steal at half court that turned into a basket. He had the strip like two possessions later. Then he had the hard contest that turned into a run out. Um, and then he had the big traffic rebound. I thought, you know, his defense was really, really good. Certainly was. Chicago, they're a solid team. Obviously, they've got a lot of star power in DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic. They're right around the playing tournament range, but this is a pretty clear signal that this Hornets team, when healthy, is right up there with them. And you need no further proof than the first time these two got together, Charlotte lost in Chicago 106-88. to Terry did not play in that game. Terry plays in this one, as do the rest of the preseason projected starting five, and it ends up being a Hornets victory. All right, Charlotte gets the win. They're now 14-36 and after a 111-96 win over the Chicago Bulls. Outscored Chicago by 17 in the fourth quarter for the victory. We'll talk more hoops in a moment, but it was 23-11 racing crossover night at Spectrum Center last night, and we had the honor of talking to a couple of the 23-11 racing drivers, Tyler Reddick and Kurt Busch. They'll join me next here on the Hornets Hivecast. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Joining us now here on the Hornets Hivecast, new driver for 2311 Racing, Tyler Reddick. Tyler, thanks so much for joining us here on the Hornets Hivecast. Yeah, thank you for having me. First off, how has it been joining here a new team and preparing for your first season with it? Uh, it's been a really busy offseason, if I'm honest. But I was kind of prepared for that going into it. But uh, yeah, working with a brand new team in 2311, a new manufacturer in Toyota. I knew that was going to be, there was going to be a lot going on in the offseason, but but for me, uh, you know, it's been well worth it. And, um, yeah, I'm just really excited to get the season started. You've already had an extremely successful career. You've been a champion at other levels, driven for multiple teams. But this team, to be on this one, you interview with one of the greatest athletes of all time, Michael Jordan. What was it like going through that interview process? How was it different from other levels in your career? Very cool. It was just as intimidating, if not more, than, than some of the other ones I've had. But, uh, yeah, going into that, that whole process for me, it was just, I was really honored and, and it was very humbling for me because the team, you know, wanted me as their first choice going forward in the future. You know, they wanted me to be a part of the organization and to hear those words from guys like Michael, Denny, the ownership group and others, a part of 2311 racing for me, for me, like I said, it was just a huge honor. So yeah, we worked out all the details and made it work out. Obviously wasn't originally supposed to be racing here this year, but, um, you know, just circumstances that took place um, having here now. We're definitely excited to have you here. Also have here on the podcast recording, Kurt Bush. And Kurt, tell us a little bit about what it's like to bring Tyler in and see this team continue to expand. Yeah, things just fast forwarded a little bit with my injury last year at Pocono. It all started to unfold in a in a unique way, in a challenging way. And the team stepped up with making sure that, you know, I had priority and I was able to put my health first. But at the same time, everything started to tell us that this this was a tough hit that I went through, went through multiple hits before it. And it was like, we've got our guy. Let's get this thing moving forward quicker. And so that's where I've been around helping with the offseason, trying to get Tyler integrated into our system quicker, smoother and stronger. And so now I've accepted this role like it. It was going to happen in this way. It just happened a little bit sooner. And uh, everybody is pulling the rope in the same direction to make sure 2311 and this number 45 car, it can be as competitive as it can be right out of the gate. And it was already pretty darn competitive having a couple of wins in last season. Tyler, for both of you, quite frankly, what is the importance of nights like the one we're having here tonight at Spectrum Center, the, the crossover event? Obviously, the fans here in Charlotte, specifically in North Carolina in general, they're huge basketball fans and huge racing fans. But to have the, the two sports come together at an event like this uh, it's just again it i mean kind of like what i said earl- earlier it's a huge honor um kurt and bubba and and the team got to be a part of it last year but for me this is my first time getting to do this and just getting to come in and in weeks prior getting in to come in on a, on a practice day and, and see what the guys and the team go through on their daily you know workout schedule how they go about doing their business and preparing was a really cool experience as well but uh, to be here to be a part of this and for me as a fan of, of basketball and a fan of of athletes and what they do getting to get behind the scenes and see what that looks like for me is really cool but yeah outside of that you know for the fans having a night where maybe they're a fan of basketball maybe they're a fan of racing getting to bring them together and have that opportunity for a fan of basketball or racing learn more about the other sport 
think it's a great opportunity. One thing that you got to do that, Kurt, you didn't get to, you got to participate in it, but you, you weren't involved in it last season, to my knowledge, the shooting challenge. You were teamed up with Bryce McGowan's and actually took down Bubba and uh, Jalen. Tell me first, Kurt, what did you think of their strategy, their form? Do they have a future here in, in other crossover event uh, promotions? I love it. I was trying to be the coach and make sure that uh, I had I had my guy here you know, with the upper hand and just being part of it again uh, with our team, 2311, our racing season's about to kick off and you know, a ton of employees, uh, a ton of fan, family friends are all here. And then there's the, the normal fans, the NBA group that's here to cheer on the Hornets. Uh, it's all about the respect of Charlotte. You know, the Hornets, and then for our team owner, MJ, uh, that's what makes this night so much fun. And just to interact and go back and forth. I know we'll have some of the Hornets and some of the team members out at the racetrack later on this year. And that's what it's all about, is continuing to build all the different brands that are involved around our Charlotte community. You brought up the boss. I got tipped off that you have a, a bet going on a rookie card with uh, Mr. George. Is that true? Is- yeah, was, light you can shed on that. I was able to uh, negotiate uh, a signature out of MJ, and it all started when I signed on to race the Daytona 500 for the team last year. The entry blank, like the straight up paperwork, had MJ's signature, and I'm like, "Ooh, I got an idea. I'm going to call my guy in Vegas, who's in the underground in the card collecting world, and get an MJ rookie card that's unsigned." And so I got it. Don't ask me how much. I can't tell you because that's <laughs> that's what MJ asked right away he goes "Ooh, you paid a pretty penny for this how much did you pay and i said i can't tell you but i said if you sign it you hold on to it when we win together i would like it back and so he held on to the card that was the deal we won at kansas about four months later and the card showed back up and now i have a signed mj rookie card that's in my safe it's it's in the vault and i'm gonna get the entry blank the original one eventually framed next to it uh, when I could trust a framer to do that with an MJ rookie card. So it was a cool negotiation. Like MJ loves to gamble. He loves to like push people to their limits. And I felt like this was a cool way to break the ice of we're here to win together in NASCAR. That is fantastic. Well, Tyler, big part of the reason why you're on the team is the fact that Michael Jordan and this team love to win. You've already won three times in your NASCAR Cup Series career, 23-11, in a very short period of time. Only a couple of seasons has won three races. What are your expectations for the growth of this team and your success, as well as the team's success this upcoming season? I think for me and, and my approach is I was a young Cup driver trying to find my way is just not necessarily latch on to the, I guess, the material things, right? Like, we always want to win races and do well in the points battle but for me it's all just about growing like can I become a better driver can I work better with my team you know just just working on my strengths trying to you know fine-tune them but then really honing in some of my weaknesses and I feel like all the information and and all the the data and, and things that we have the ability to analyze at 2311 and with Toyota is going to really help me hone in on those things and become even better so for me it's just about growing if I can grow um, and become more of a complete driver um, from where I, I started the off season and grow on that on a, on a good path throughout the year I think we'll win races and we'll do well so for me it's just it's working on the, the little things like can I be you know working on the restarts getting in and out of the pit box those things for me obviously I want to win races and that's what our goal is going to be but that's the those are the things I'm like looking at you know just become better and the rest of it should fall into place well, we're looking forward to watching your continued growth and that of the team and looking forward to continued future success for both 2311 and the Charlotte Hornets thank you both for joining us today absolutely thank you, you. thank you we'll get back to last night's game the win over the Chicago Bulls next after this quick break here on the Hornets Ivecast brought to you by Senta 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Sam Farber and Rob Longo here with you on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets got the win on 23-11 Racing Cross overnight, 111-96. to We'll have to see if Tyler Reddick and Kurt Busch are busy the rest of the season, because they seem to be good luck, Rob Longo. They might be a little occupied in a couple weeks at the Clash of the Coliseum, but uh, in the meantime, maybe we can get them for a couple more home games here at the Hive. That would be nice. It, it is possible they might have things to do. Uh, Hornets do get the big win by 15 over the Chicago Bulls. We talked a lot about the starting lineup and how impressive they were, but there was one bench performer in particular that really stood out. Actually, a couple. I, I, don't, I don't want to shortchange anyone. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. had some nice things to contribute on the defensive side of the ball in particular. He had uh, six rebounds on the game, had an assist, did score four points, a couple of tough buckets in there. Jalen McDaniels, a plus eight in the plus minus, even though it was a lower scoring game for him, still making strong contributions. But the biggest one off the bench was the Hornets rookie center, Mark Williams. Ten points on five for five shooting, six rebounds. By the way, center position last night, 14 for 14 from the floor, 18 rebounds, 31 points. Not bad from the Hornets centers. But Mark Williams in particular, he has had a really strong run over the last couple of weeks, really, since he got into the rotation. And it hasn't just been noticed by us here on the Hornets Hivecast. It's been noticed by the NBA at large. NBA.com does a weekly, or roughly weekly, Kia rookie ladder. We used to watch this religiously in LaMelo Ball's rookie season. No, no, don't let me into this. You would look at it religiously. I did not. You did. Fine. I watched it. <laughs> I would look at it. You would talk about it when I made you Because I, I had to. Yes. But LaMelo Ball was, was always featured prominently on it. And sometimes we, you know, it's a podcast. We do it every day. We got to find things to get upset about. So LaMelo falling to third, that was, that was worthwhile. But as of late, Charlotte really has not been featured on the rookie ladder. They weren't on it at all last season. Uh, in this season, they they had not been on it until this week, as Mark Williams has finally broken through. Uh, they go all the way to 12 on the rookie ladder. So essentially what this is, it's ranking the rookies 1 through 12. Who's had the best year so far? And Mark Williams made his first appearance at number 12. What, what does that say to you about Mark Williams not just earning his way onto the floor, not just playing well as the backup to Mason Plumley, but getting the attention of the NBA? I mean, it's great. I mean, what more do you want from your 15th overall pick that is coming off the bench? And again, mostly the reason that he's coming off the bench is because you have a guy like Mason Plumley that's having a career year in front of him. So it's not anybody's fault. It's not Mark's fault or anything like that. It's just that he has really nowhere else to go other than being in that backup spot. And head coach Steve Clifford talked about it before the game last night about the rotation between Mark Williams and Nick Richards kind of getting those Lions share the minutes in that number two spot in the rotation at the center position. And Coach Cliff's philosophy is mostly just trying to make sure that everybody is staying consistent. Everybody is staying fresh, more or less. They're just being, they're just getting their minutes in because he said that, you know, if you don't play for three or four nights, 
it gets really difficult and you kind of start to just not fade away, but it just becomes difficult to get back up to game speed. So, you know, that's the philosophy that Cliff has. So that's why we've seen Nick Richards and Mark Williams kind of rotate in there as 1A and 1B in that backup position. But, I mean, the numbers that he's put up are, are really great. I mean, I don't, again, the rookie ladder doesn't come out all the time. It doesn't come out every week. But the season stats and then the stats compared to since the last time the ladder came out, according to NBA.com, are great. I mean, he went from the season stats of about 7 points and 5.5 and rebounds per game to 12 points and almost five rebounds per game. So the rebounding went down a little bit, but the offense is certainly there. And I think one of the most underrated plays from last night was this tip back by Mark Williams. Lamelo around the Mark Williams screen. Step back three on its way. No rebound. Tapped up and in by Mark Williams. Oh, man. What a tipping with the left hand. Hornets got the opposite hand working well tonight, whether it's layups, putbacks. What a play by the rookie. Good point there by Matt. So everybody on the Hornets is just going to shoot left-handed moving forward, apparently. (laughs) But, I mean, that made the game 83-81 in the fourth quarter. That was a big bucket, and he's in there in big-time moments. So the fact that the Hornets are starting to get some love nationally, I know that that's been not as relevant this season because, I mean, last year it feel like there was a a national article from The Athletic or ESPN. There was just so many national outlets highlighting the Hornets last year because of the success they had. And then you fast forward to this year, and obviously the record is not going to indicate that. But we have a really good one-on-one interview coming up on the Hivecast tomorrow about a most recent article in The Athletic on LaMelo Ball. Now we got Mark Williams on the NBA rookie ladder. so Some positives. It's, there's some positives. The Hornets are starting to look up. They're starting to play better basketball. They're starting to pick up more wins, and people are starting to notice. And why not Mark Williams... Start making a late push, I guess, for rookie of the year, and I'm not. I'm not uh, saying I don't know if I'm, rookie of well, the year is going to happen. But I, no, no, no. I'm, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm not saying it's like. But all rookie team is all rookie is team possible. is possible. Would make Certainly. my uh, New Year's prediction correct. That was that's my true. my New Year's prediction was that Mark Williams would make the rookie ladder yeah. check and that he would be uh, hopefully on an all rookie team. But the ladder is what I was yeah. aiming for, and and here he is now. Uh, time for the grievance part of this. He should have been higher. He's well, in at number twelve. I was but, getting to that, but you cut me off. All right. He should be higher on this list. I think there's a couple of guys who have also had decent numbers, either recently or over the course of the season, but I really think that Mark Williams is deserving of a, of a little bit more love, particularly with how well he's been playing as of late. And, you know, owe it to be specific. I think Tari Eason, who's directly ahead of him on the ladder at number 11, Mark's numbers, quite frankly, are better. They're coming with more wins attached to them. I think Mark Williams should be ahead of Tari Eason. I think A.J. Griffin, you can make a serious argument. He should be ahead of him. I think you can make an honest argument. He should be ahead of Walker Kessler, who is put together some good numbers for Utah in general, and the team is playing well, and he's been their starting center, but... It's not as if they're eye-popping when you look at the player stats over the course of the season. You know, Walker Kessler's number one in, amongst rookies in field goal percentage, amongst those who've played enough games to really factor in. Mark Williams is third at 62.8% points per game. He's right there you know, with some of those guys, like a, a Walker Kessler, uh, making up some of that ground. Free throw percentage, similar story. Rebounds per game, similar story. And when you go into the total counting stats, which is really what I think you should do, 
do when trying to assess who should be rookie of the year, who should make some of these rookie teams. You see Mark Williams really starting to climb. So I think at minimum, I would like to have seen him at nine, if for no other reason than I want my prediction to come true and I want him to make an all-rookie team and being in the top ten means you're either going to be on the first or second team. But I think Mark Williams, it, it's great that he's starting to get the attention and if the team continues to win and his role continues to grow, I think his aura in the NBA is only going to get bigger. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at these names, like, I'm not trying to put anybody down, but Tari Eason, I don't even remember him being very impactful at all when the Hornets were in Houston last week. Like, I don't even remember him being that effective. And A.J. Griffin, we've seen him a couple times, obviously, playing for Atlanta, and he's had some bright spots. Jeremy Sohan's one of those guys that is just on a bad team in San Antonio, and he's getting a lot of minutes. Jabari Smith wasn't really impressed with him when the Hornets played Houston a couple weeks ago either. Jalen Duran, he just scores a lot of buckets. But again, the Pistons are just another team that are in the bottom of the NBA. And I get that you know winning and rookie of the year, I guess, are kind of tied in one sense and the other, but I've been really high on Benedict Matherin all season long. I think I've made that pretty clear but the fact that Mark Williams is on there it's great and you know especially when you look at the center position in general on that all rookie team I mean you have Walker Kessler and you have Mark Williams and that's basically it so you know I understand it might be one of those weird situations where maybe Walker Kessler gets a top three finish in rookie of the year voting but maybe Mark Williams is that center on the first NBA all rookie team you never know it might be one of those weird situations so I know that Walker's playing a lot of minutes out there in Utah and they're winning but at the end of the day Mark Williams might have better numbers and heck maybe he even has a better impact you never know we still got a lot of season left. One last stat for you here. Mark Williams currently top 20 in total points. This is not points per game. This is total points in their rookie season. The closest person in terms of minutes to Mark Williams, total minutes played, who's ahead of him, has played over 200 more minutes. So I think that really speaks to how quickly Mark Williams is catching up to everyone else. He wasn't in the rotation early. Clearly had to earn his spot. He's done that now. I think he's he's somewhat firmly planted in the rotation. It's going to be hard to take him out the way that he has been playing as of late. And even though it's going to take some work to get those counting stats up to top 15, top 10, if it's even possible this deep into the season, you look at the players that are ahead of him, they're playing hundreds more minutes than Mark Williams to have the same total types of numbers that Mark is already posting. He was a perfect 5 for 5 from the floor last night, helping the Hornets to a win, and he'll get to enjoy an extra day off tomorrow, as will you, Rob Longo, because as you mentioned, we're going to have a special guest with us here on the Hornets Hivecast, Kelly Eco, NBA writer for The Athletic, host of the Ecosystem podcast. He covers the Rockets and the NBA in general, and he had a great piece out recently focused on LaMelo Ball. It's titled LaMelo Ball, an accidental rebuild and the pursuit of happiness. We'll talk to Kelly about the piece, about seeing the Hornets when they were in Houston, and his thoughts on the future of the franchise. So we'll look forward to having that conversation for you tomorrow. Rob Longo, you get the day off. Yes and no. I'm sure I'll find something else to do, but I appreciate your sentiment and I appreciate the thought. I will be off on the podcast. We'll, we'll leave it at that. There you go. You got the podcast off. We will be back with another game day edition of the HHC on Sunday. Hornets will be hosting the Miami Heat. It will be a 1 p.m. tip time and we'd love to see you at Spectrum Center. Go to Hornets.com for all your ticket information. That's going to do it for this edition of the HHC. Rob Longo, thank you as always pleasure as always. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. For everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us. We will talk to you tomorrow with Kelly Eco of The Athletic right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. 
the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.